It has been over a year since we last recorded an episode of the Guitars and Granola Bars podcast, but in light of everything that's been going on since this global pandemic started, Jamie and I started chatting about business things and about parenthood and all of the things that we're going through personally and professionally, and we thought it'd be fun to hop on and just kind of chat about what life looks like right now, both in our business and at home. So Jamie, welcome back to the podcast. Yay. Thank you. Welcome back to you too. Thanks. Yeah. It's really (laughs) fun to be doing this again where we've been kind of laughing because we've had all kinds of technical hiccups because you know, when you're out of practice, that's basically what happens. I feel like that's totally par for what everyone's going through right now with technical stuff. It's such a learning curve. And even when you feel like you know what you're doing, sometimes you still don't. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's just, you kind of fight one fire and then wait till the next fire comes and deal with it. And that's life right now. So let's go back to the beginning. So I think it was right around mid-March when it looked like things were going downhill for music therapy businesses. And yeah, that's yeah. when you and I started kind of touching base. What what did that look like on your end, Jamie? Yeah, well, you know, it happened so fast. And I feel like um, as a business owner, I was reacting to everything in the moment. Like, okay, so we very obviously need to get in place, making sure that everyone knows that we have our infection control policies. Um, we've had them, but we need to make sure that people now see them and we need to then, uh, make sure we have a staff meeting and add, I need to add COVID, uh, 19 policies to my employee handbook. And I was going through all of these things, reacting very much to the moment, uh, and then just realized that very quickly that within a week's time, everything changed. I know that for you too, it was very similar. And you were like, I was watching you on vacation right before this too, which was just crazy. Oh, I know. Well, so we left for Florida on March 6th. And at that point, everybody knew about the coronavirus, but at that point it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily something that was spreading yet in the U.S. And it honestly wasn't really on our radars. And I wrote a blog post about this. um, So you can read more about kind of our thoughts on um, going on the trip and how the trip was. But really, it was a normal trip. Everybody on vacation was just on vacation. and, And we weren't really that concerned. You did see hotel staff coming in and cleaning the elevator buttons. Every time we get on, there would be somebody in there cleaning. But other than that, it was kind of just life as usual. But on our way home, we definitely noticed that on the airplane and in the airports, things were different. And when I got back, um, Katie Camrad, who's my co-owner at Music Therapy Connections, we had kind of an emergency meeting, kind of like what you were saying, Jamie. And it was like, oh, okay, things are getting real here. We need to figure out what we're going to do because now people are starting to get concerned. People are starting to reach out to us and asking if we're still open and if we're still running business as usual. So we did the same thing as you. We put up signs. We went through our, um, our disease and infection control policies and our cleaning methods and sanitization and all that fun stuff. And, Just kind of like, it felt kind of like just putting band-aids on everything is is kind of the feeling that I had because I felt, I felt that urgency, like things were kind of just crumbling really quickly. And so we were just kind of salvaging all that we could both in our clinic and then also in our contracts because we work in schools, we work in um, older adult facilities. So we were sending emails to all of our um, con- contacts at our contact locations and explaining all of the measures that we were taking. And that very quickly got shut down from the older adult perspective. Yes. All of yes. those, all of those facilities immediately sent us responses. We are closed. You may not come do music therapy for the time being. Sorry. That's, that's what this looks like right now. And that was kind of the signal that, oh, we're in trouble here. Yes. Yeah. And it did. It happened so, so fast. I remember, um, kind of problem solving, you know, what we were going to do. My employees, um, 
one of our contracts for a hospice company is, um, about 40 minutes North. And so she's like up there and she's texting me. She's like, this one won't let me in. This one won't let me in. Okay. I could get into this one, but I had to sign this paperwork. And it was like, by the very next day we were just out. It was, it was so scary. It still is um, I know. from a business perspective. It is. And, and- we just don't know when we'll ever be back. It's just no. there are no answers. And with there being no vaccine and no treatments, I, I think it'll be a long time before we get back into those places. And I'm, I'm optimistic, but, you know, we're, we're just really planning for the long haul as far as what we've been doing. But let's, let's switch gears a little bit. So as all of this is happening at work and with our business, Simultaneously, we're dealing with our family life as well. Yeah. And this same week, <laughs> I just want to laugh for a second. I know, okay? I know. Just, sometimes oh. it's all you can do to to handle the the strong emotions that come with all of this. Um, but so after we got back from Florida, the kids went back to school. My daughter's in preschool. My son's in first grade. And they went back to school and they were learning about the coronavirus at school. They were learning that they need to wash their hands and be really careful. Um, but just as, as each day went on, I, I kept thinking, how long is this going to go on? Because yeah. we are seeing all the repercussions everywhere else. And so when is it going to, when is the school going to shut down basically yes. is what we were waiting for. And I remember on Friday the 13th, being in the school parking lot waiting for pickup and we got the email from the school district saying that school was closed and that this would be the last day um, for the next two weeks was what they said at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember everybody, you know, obviously got the email while they were sitting in their cars at pickup. So we all got out of our cars to go up to get the kids and we just kind of looked at each other like, oh my gosh. This, right. this is like really happening. And the kids came out and they had just heard because they had, the teachers had just gotten the news five minutes oh before, before um, the kids were dismissed. And so they came out and I remember my son saying, mom, we're not going back to school for two weeks. And just, I don't know, just reality hitting us all at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, and I remember leading up to that Aiden, my oldest, he's in um, third grade. He's like telling me at the dinner table, he, he starts asking questions. He's like, mom, what is the coronavirus? And I, so I was explaining it a little bit and he goes, yeah, everyone's playing coronavirus on the playground. Like, like tag. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Like, I know. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so, and, and it was just so fast from there to, um, and my daughter, uh, Madeline, who is four, she was in her, uh, four-year-old preschool class and, um, we were at art class the Friday before everything shut down. And we're like sitting there with this bunch of parents. We're all confused. We're all trying to like, not, uh, we want to talk about it cause there's a bunch of parents, but we also don't want to like freak out a bunch of four, three, two-year-olds by like our own nerves. And, um, it was just, that whole unknown of what happened from there to like the very next day, um, or even that night, it was that night. So it was a Friday, just getting that phone call from the superintendent for us. It was, we're shut down for three weeks because one of them was spring break. Um, but it's like, you knew that it was not going to just be a three week oh, yeah. vacation, exactly. <laughs> quote unquote, and not even vacation, but like three weeks of no coming back into the physical school. Um, and getting that, like, yeah, the whole school year is canceled thing. Ours came before yours, I think, by, like, almost a week and a half. It did. Yeah, yours came early. Yeah, Michigan's been um, one of the one of the top leading states. I think we were, like, number four for a while. We dropped down a little bit. But, yeah, it's it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you have to, you've been doing a good job, I think, of jumping into, like, homeschooling, right? So what, what did oh. you do from there to, like, put that – I mean – we're not teachers. So what did you do to put your like teacher hat on for your kids? Well, or for yourself? <laughs> yeah. The first week I was extremely positive. I was printing out schedules every day and putting them up on the wall and having a very structured school day. And 
it worked for that first week. And I think adrenaline got me through because honestly, we were, we were doing school all day. My husband um, owns an insurance business and our governor mandated that insurance businesses could remain open. His lobby is, is locked down and so customers can't come in. So it's just him and his four employees. So he goes to work every day, which honestly is a good thing. I I don't think that all four of us could be in this house all day, every day. He's on the phone almost all day. So it's just better that he's at work. But that means that it's me with the kids day in, day out. And so basically for that first week, I was spending all day with the kids doing the schoolwork. And then once my husband got home, it was kind of like, okay, tag, you're it. And he would take over with the kids. I would deal with whatever I needed to deal with with my business, whether that was um, answering emails from our families or talking with my coworkers or um, whatever needed to be done, which there was a lot those first couple of weeks. Yeah, so much. Yeah, and then after that, then I would have to plan and get everything ready for the next day. So um, our our school provides materials like worksheets and instructions for the school day, but it's a full day of work. I mean, it's not necessarily for my um, daughter because she's in preschool, but for my son, it's a full day of schoolwork. So then I would get everything ready and kind of get things set up for the next day. And so I would be up until one or two in the morning after working Mm. and after getting the school stuff ready for the next day. And then, you know, of course my kids are up at 6.30 or 7 that next morning. And so there we go. Then we're off to the races. Um, So honestly, I think adrenaline really just got me through. But after that first week, I think it really started to hit home that this was the long haul situation that we are in. This is not a fun little experiment anymore. And I think the novelty part of it was what was also getting me through like, oh, you know, we can do this. We can figure this out. But after that novelty wore off, it got really hard. And the pressure of getting through all that schoolwork, getting all of those um, assignments completed because we're still turning those in to teachers. And Mm -hmm. so that pressure on top of everything else was really difficult and still is. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I feel like what happened with you and what happened with me is almost like flipped because, um, when the school, uh, officially had, had said, you know, we're, we're going home, you're not coming back into the building. Um, my husband works for a company that immediately went remote. So he's at home. Um, he is on the phone a lot, uh, but the kids respond super, uh, quick to his, uh, words, right? I, I kind of joke, but I feel like my voice is turned into like a, a fly. Like nobody uh-huh. can hear me. Uh-huh. It's just like, I just say words and nobody actually listens. But if my husband walks into the room, like, you know, they just, they all fall in line. Um, but he is home. And so that first week I was like, bye. Like I have got to salvage Harmony Garden and I have no idea what we're doing. It's me. And then, um, I had one full-time employee that I had, I was able to keep on staff. Everybody else I had to lay off. I laid off, uh, another full-time. And then, um, I actually had three part-time people and then one of them was an admin person that had worked with me for a week and a half. And one was my intern who had worked with me for a week and a half. I just hired these brand new people. So we, I was like in survival crash mode. So I would say goodbye. I would leave them all to do whatever they were doing. And my husband, he put on um, a piece of construction paper. He wrote, uh, education, outdoor reading, quiet time. And that was like what he was checking through the list to make sure that the kids each did something that was quote unquote educational. And at that point we were like, even if it's just using the ABC app on the iPad and we're not a big technology family, we don't, we've always had really strict rules with the kids using computers. They actually never had used a computer in our home. Uh, we just hadn't done any of that. So I was just kind of like, okay, see you later. And I would leave every day and I would be at the office trying to figure out how on earth I was going to get Harmony Garden through, um, you know, putting those day-to-day band-aids on and then finally feeling like maybe I was putting on a band-aid that would last for like two days or three days. Um, 
and eventually we got into the swing where, um, I now only come into the office two to three days a week. Um, and it's only because I can't do any of this kind of recording stuff with three children running around and my husband, um, possibly on like calls all the time. We are lucky that it is getting nice out and we have a fenced in backyard. And so we're kind of like, here's the shovel, play in the dirt, swing, do whatever you want out there. Um, just to kind of give us some time that we can actually be, um, doing some work. But, um, as far as this homeschool piece is gone, is going and has been going. Um, I call it homeschool ish. I have come to the term. I have come to the reality that I am not teacher. Like my son and I have never done homework well together. It is just, that has always been, um, a thing and he's in third grade. So it's not like I'm going to fix that by now quote unquote homeschooling him. He is so like on it and he can get that stuff done. But the minute he like ropes me in, he pretends that he doesn't know anything. And so I've kind of like taken this whole entire homeschool ish, um, uh, method, I guess. And so they do now have things a little bit more set up. His school was not as fast reacting, I think as yours. Um, but we do have a Google classroom and there are assignments. Um, I did notice yesterday when we got in, uh, at first I couldn't even navigate it. And if I couldn't navigate it in 10 to 15 minutes, I was like, Oh, okay, buddy, your school today is going to be go reading a book for a couple, um, you know, a half an hour, go, go read. Because if, if I can't navigate it in a 10 to 15 minute time span, um, I can't put the energy in. I have got to work, which is like a really strange reality <laughs> to be like, well, you know, we're going to find out, find different ways to do that. But I did yesterday or two days ago when we got in, um, found some actionable items and he actually took a test. And so we are starting to like see things, but I'm taking it one day at a time, one assignment at a time. Um, his teacher is very like, you know, we understand that life is happening and, you know, do your best. And so that's kind of what I've, I'm homeschool ishing. Yes, I have moved much more towards the homeschool-ish mentality in these last couple of weeks. Um, I just got to the point where it wasn't doing any of us justice to force him to sit down when he wasn't in the in the right mindset and ready to do that. And it wasn't good for me either because my patience was so short and I had this running list in my head of the 600 things that I needed to be doing that day. And so we've, we've actually kind of moved to me getting my work done in the morning, kind of giving the kids some free time at the beginning of the day, and then doing our work in the afternoons. And that seemed to work really, really well um, over this last week. And so we'll probably continue doing that. But yesterday, our school sent out an email that said that the last day of home learning would be May 14th, which ori originally the last day of school wow. yeah, wasn't going to be until I think May 23rd or 24th. So having just that, even that one extra week of knowing that, okay, we, we get through this week and then there are two weeks left. We can do this. Oh yeah. Ours goes until like June 14th oh, or 10th or something as oh, far no. as like what the school year goes we have not heard like when the distance learning oh, okay. formally is going to end yet so hopefully it'll be a lot before that <laughs> yeah well and and our my kids go to a private school and I don't know if your kids do public or private but um I think public it's a, school. okay I think it's a little bit different with private because they like last year we had a bunch of school of snow days and they didn't have to make up those snow days because I think they go by like hours of instruction or something mm -hmm. as opposed to days. Um, so they were able to cut that short and still meet the minimum requirement for um, the school year. But yeah, that was, that was a blessing. But I think also part of the private school situation is that they feel like because we are paying tuition, but we're not actually at school, that they have to justify that tuition with having all of these assignments and with, you know, turning in all of this right. work, which I understand, but as somebody that's paying, I would rather just pay and like have the sanity piece intact and not yeah. have, not have all the additional pressure. But I know every family is different and every family is in a different situation right now. So I think we're all just kind of figuring it out as we go. 
But yeah. I, I want to go back to what you said about kind of our situations being flipped. And at the very beginning, when you were when you were pivoting and getting online and doing all these things to to help your business stay afloat. I sent you, I think I sent you a text or something. And I was like, how are you doing all these things? Cause you were sending out <laughs> emails and you were having these live classes. And I was just like trying to keep my head above water in general. And so you were explaining to me kind of the situation that your husband was working from home and he was kind of holding the fort down while you were able to do all these things. But I, in the beginning, was very, very resistant to the entire teletherapy, virtual, online classes, the whole situation. I was, I was so, I don't know why I was so close-minded because I'm not opposed to technology in the least. I think it was just the overwhelm of trying to teach our team and to teach our families and to the education piece of getting everything into place just felt so heavy and so much. And so Katie and I really had to kind of go back and forth. And she is the one really that kind of talked me into giving the the virtual lessons and teletherapy a try and um, working with our team to get that up and running. But then it was you, Jamie, that um, showed me that it was possible to to do your classes online, to do your early childhood and preschool classes, because I honestly didn't know, A, how to do it. I didn't know if people would respond to it and if they would actually want to participate. But um, you were kind enough to walk me through your process of getting people registered, of what the classes looked like, of the modalities that you were using. And that really inspired me to do the same. So I have to thank you for that. But <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. But also I guess what gave you that drive to to do that so early? Because you were doing that the very first week. Yes. Yeah. We moved immediately. Um and it was honestly because um we'd had people that had already paid for a product. And with everything going the way it was so fast and watching um money get slashed right out, you know, contract after contract of everything that you now would have no billable time for. I was like, I cannot a give everybody a credit to come back another time or B give reimbursements or C make people upset that I didn't finish giving them what they paid for. So, and I know my families probably wouldn't have like 75 to 90% wouldn't have even cared, but I, honestly was like, I've got to do something to give them what they paid for, even if it looks different. Um, and so my, uh, employee and I like just went barreling forward. We have, um, G suite set up for Harmony Garden and it has Google meet in it. Um, and it's all the business one that you're supposed to have. And I thought, well, let's just start there because it is what we have. You know, I know that people were doing zoom and our, you know, there's a lot of zoom, um, and other platforms and stuff. And I joined a bunch of like quick, uh, groups on Facebook to try to like navigate what people were doing, but we just were like, let's just do it, move, go there and see what happens. We have people that are already quote unquote enrolled because they're naturally in these classes right now. And if we can, find a way to get other people to donate. And the, the response immediately was overwhelmingly positive. It was, it was like every day I'd open up who has enrolled for these live stream classes that we were giving to the people who'd already paid for the product. And then we were also like give, um, accepting donations to gain access to these classes from other families who now were stuck home. And it was like, I'd open it up and, and I just like burst into tears because someone would donate a hundred dollars for four live stream classes or 300 or 50 or, you know, and some of them were like five and I did offer it for as low as a dollar, um, because I did know that people were completely losing their jobs, um, just as fast. And I, I didn't want to like not have anybody be able to access them. And I also will still give them for free. Um, if someone just messages me and says, I can't afford it at all and we want to do it. So we did, we like flew into it. We, we spent, uh, at that time, my employee was still coming into the building and we were just kind of like operating at two different desks. And I moved my office from my office, which 
uh, we haven't talked about this, but I moved my entire office in December to a brand new, like four times almost the space of my previous office. And, and so I actually had my own physical Jamie's boss office for the first time in 14 years. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, I got to come out of the office and come out to where like everybody used to be just to, oh, it was so sad. And now there's nobody in here, this big giant empty space. But anyways, we spent that whole time going through our processes and changing our enrollment and updating our website and just pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, and the, the response was really, really good, um, especially in those first like three to four weeks. Yeah. I remember you telling me what was happening and the donations that you were receiving. And I just like something clicked and was like, yeah, we need to do this because we were in the same boat as you where we had about 60 families already enrolled for the session that was supposed to start at the end of March. And originally I had sent out an email and said, okay, families, clearly we can't be in the building together. So let's do a makeup session in June or in over the summer. And as the, as the week, that one week went on, it became clear that, you know, we might not be there this summer. And now it's, that's looking even more probable, but seeing what you were doing and what was happening on your end was like, okay, let's, let's just do this. And same as you, I got an amazing response. Um, my family seemed really happy to have something meaningful for their kids to be doing. Also, it gave them a break where they could do some things around the house, get a little bit of their own work done. And it was awesome for, for me getting to, do provide for my existing families, but then also being able to connect with all of these other friends from like all of these other walks of life that oh, also yeah. have young kids and yes. we're opting into these classes. So I'm seeing, you know, people that I never see on Zoom and it's like, oh my gosh, I get to work with your kids and they're watching my YouTube videos. And it was, it's, this whole experience has been awesome for that. Um, but one of the things that we've talked about is kind of the change that we've seen as each week goes by and people are starting to feel that Zoom fatigue, which I think is a very real thing. I think it's real yes. for people that are working via online platforms, for people that are providing services like we are, and for the kids. I mean, they're doing this for their schoolwork. They're doing this with their friends. I know at the beginning of all of this, my son and even my daughter, they were having like daily Zoom chats with their friends and they were um, getting online and talking. But even that has kind of waned a little bit as they've gotten kind of tired of it. And they're just a little bit over looking at a screen. And um, so I think we've kind of felt the repercussions of that as well. Um, as far as our class participation goes. And that's also compounded with the weather getting nicer and people wanting to be outside and kids wanting to go out and play, which I totally get. So one of the things that we've been kind of talking about is how do we keep this relevant and how do we keep this going if we aren't able to be back in our buildings doing in-person groups and classes um, for the next I don't know, three, four, five, six months, maybe longer. I think a lot longer. <laughs> I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I really think fall, oh, winter. I know. I'm, oh, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. and our, our governor just, um, or there's been an article circulating that our governor said that we should prepare for e-learning for the fall. And that, I, uh... that was just kind of like the knife into the heart because we know, we know, like we know the dangers and I get it. And I, I am so thankful that we have a governor that is relying on the science and is relying on the data and the numbers and is making smart decisions based on people's health. Um, but it's still so hard. It is. It is. It, and just the not knowing, like not having an end date, um, both for at home and at work is is just really, really hard. Yeah. You just touched on like trying to think of what you're going to do to keep it relevant. And that is, that is like, I don't know the answer yet. How, you know, do we take a break for a few months? Mm -hmm. Do we like 
bring it back. And it's going to be then maybe something new to look forward to because people have missed us. Right. You know, how do you, um, also keep money coming in? And unfortunately, like I keep saying that to my employees, like, um, I hate it coming down to money. Like I truly hate that. Um, but that's, that's what we, every business right now across the world, (laughs) like it's not even just in Michigan or the United States, it is the world. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very overwhelming, um, task. It is. And it, yes, I want to, I want to stay relevant. I want our classes to keep going and they're fulfilling for me. I mean, it's a lot of work because every weekend basically, so my husband is home during the weekend. So that's kind of his time to be with the kids. And that's really my time to like put my head down and work. And so I spend the weekend planning my upcoming week of classes, getting all the emails set up, which that in itself is a huge job, as you know. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I record a full length video of the class so that after the live classes, um, happen, then I send out the full length video to families so that they can watch it on YouTube. Um, so it's a lot of work and the actual classes themselves are so much fun. And we both talked at the beginning about how much energy it took to, to do those, but I think we're both kind of used to it now. I mean, you you just kind of go into it, like knowing what to expect and you're not having to overexert as much, or at least that's been my experience. But but it's all of the other work that comes with providing that. And so I go back and forth, just like you said, like, do I take a month off? I mean, we typically take a lot of time off in between our spring session and our summer session. So I would, I would like a break at some point. Um, I'll have my kids full time, you know, not doing schoolwork, but having to entertain them somehow. And I, I don't know, I struggle with that because I feel like that would be a gap in our income because right now those classes are really sustaining like our day-to-day income. And so I don't know the answer and I, yeah, I, I have no good, no good words. (laughs) No, I don't think there are no answers. That's, I think the most, um, common thing is there is, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. Well, you know, Rachel, I do have to tell you, so I inspired you for the live stream and you inspired me to apply for, apply for my PPP loan. I feel like we need to touch on yes, this we a little bit. Absolutely. Cause I, I said, I remember sending you a text and just being like, have you looked into this or are you doing it? And you were like, I've already done it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> if you've already done it, like I needed to be doing it last week too. And I have not even like, I honestly was so scared of anything that had the word loan attached to it. Um, but at that point I had applied for two local in my community grants, um, for small businesses and I had been declined both of them, which like was so personally hurtful. Like I was so hurt that my own community wouldn't give me a grant I now like have a little bit more perspective and I'm not so emotional because I do, you know, Harmony Garden does have a little bit of a savings and they were using this grant for the businesses that immediately were in a hole. Um, and, and I get that too. Now (laughs) in the beginning, I was so hurt by the fact that I wasn't getting those grants. Um, and then messaging you and you were like, I've already done it. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, well, I am definitely going to look into this and do it. It must be something that really is truly forgivable if you do it right. And, um, so I did, I immediately got in to looking it up, figuring out if my bank was doing it, my bank rolled it out. Um, it rolled out like on a Friday and my bank didn't roll it out to the following Wednesday. And I was like waiting on the computer for this 10 o'clock time frame to open when I could get the information from their website. And all it did was open up access to an email address. And I was like, that's all I was waiting at 10 o'clock for this email. Um, and so I emailed like immediately and really honestly, my local credit union came through because by the end of the week, um, I had already, like he told me then on Friday that my app was going in. Uh, I had done everything and pushed it through. And then, um, by the following week had been told that I was, um, had been accepted. So I thank you for giving me that, like, oof, to like actually look into it and do it because 
I was scared of it. Oh, I was scared of it too. And I kept reading about it and hearing about it. And I honestly have to pass along that credit to my husband, who is very financially savvy and had been following it really closely. And we use a community bank here in Springfield and um, are very close with our banker. We've done a lot of business with them with our our home mortgage. And then my husband and I just bought the building where both of our businesses are. And so he very quickly um, got us set up with the PPP and they had everything ready to go that very first day. I think it was Friday, April 3rd. Um, They had everything open and were accepting the applications. And then our accountant really did the heavy lifting. He went through and he picked out all the documents that we needed and got us set up. So we were, we had everything in place really quickly. And, um, so yeah, so I'm thankful for the way that that turned out because now our music therapy team is working full time. And, and we were very, very transparent with them in saying that, you know, this, this, um, funding is for eight weeks. And after this eight week time period, we have no idea what things are going to look like monetarily. We are still serving. um, We're serving two of our contracts, two of our school contracts, um, not completely, not fully. We're not being fully funded the way that we typically are, but we um, very quickly transitioned to virtual services with them. So we've been able to um, invoice them and to continue receiving some revenue that way which has been huge for being able to pay our employees. Um, but but we don't know what what things are going to look like after this PPP money goes. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, we were saying that sometimes in the beginning, it felt like you were just slapping a Band-Aid on every little thing that happened. It was like a day or an hour or whatever. Now I have it. We have an eight-week Band-Aid. Yes. And that's, I'm the same way. I've been telling my uh, my employees who are um, all back working uh, as of this, well, two Mondays ago, I guess. Uh, we were officially back on. And um, then I spent, you know, trying to get them reacclimated now to what we're doing because, nobody, you know, only one of them had been with me as we transitioned to telehealth. Um, we were able to do a little bit of salvaging for, um, we have some preschool, uh, and childcare facilities, um, actually quite a few of them and we've changed their stuff. Obviously we can't bill every class like we used to, but we are, uh, we were able to salvage that contract a little bit. Um, and now I'm kind of tasking them. They each have kind of a role right now where I have like one employee who is focused in like the early childhood. And, um, she also does a lot of my, my website and stuff. So she's more like early childhood. I have another one who's more focused on, um, the special needs population and, and trying to reach out to group homes. And then I have another one who is more in elder care and, um, hospice. So now we're starting to poke back at like our hospice contract to see if there's some of our individuals that we think we can connect telehealth with. And we're just trying to like poke our head up, I think out of the sand and see like what is there and what we can try to access now, um, in creative ways now that we're back to having a team um, where there's five of us. Um, and I have one employee who, uh, is home with five children and, so she is completely doing back end work because there was no way for her to um, try to find time or space in her home to do the the virtual stuff. So at least right now we are all functioning and it's fun because Slack is back to like <laughs> running. Everyone's yes. interacting in there mm-hmm. again. And I was, oh, I didn't realize how much I missed that, <laughs> like that little knock from Slack um, when nobody was really working as much. So uh, yeah, so we are, we're in our second week right now and just kind of trucking forward. Yeah. Same, same here. And like you said, just having that flurry of activity on Slack was just so heartening to know that, okay, our team is going, like things are happening. And, um, we told our team, you know, let's use this time aside from the work that we're providing and the services we're providing right now, let's use this time to prepare for heading into the school year. We have a new intern coming on in January. So let's do everything that we can to have everything set up for the internship because again, we don't know how many hours we're going to be able to fund moving forward. 
originally I thought, okay, this PPP will be in a, a, a wonderful bridge from, you know, the end of April into the summer when we can reopen, but that is not looking like it's going to happen anytime soon. So right now, I think one of the things that I'm most thankful for is our individual family's willingness to be flexible and make that transition into virtual services. Um, a lot of them were on board from the very beginning and yeah. were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do virtual lessons. Let's do virtual music therapy. Even clients who we felt like, mm, will they be a good fit? I don't know. Um, they they did it. They made that switch and it's been great. Even if it's just you know a half hour in their day, 45 minutes in their day where they're doing something meaningful that's tailored to them, where they're working on some goals is I think really helpful for the parents. And mm -hmm. it's also keeping our therapist skills up because I know what it feels like to be out of practice and to not be exercising those music therapy muscles. And so I think it's been really good for everyone. And, and like you said, you know, kind of poking at our heads and looking in these other areas, we've got a few individual clients that are in um, senior living facilities where originally there was no way that they were able to to participate in teletherapy because they didn't have the um, the technology piece in place. Um, but I have to give credit to their caregivers and their family members because they were advocates for them and they worked with the the homes to and the staff to get those things set up. So we now have one client that's receiving daily, Monday through Friday, teletherapy services, wow. which is amazing because I just, ugh, I can't, my heart hurts so much thinking about all of those people that are in those centers. They're not able to see their family members. They're not getting those services that were so essential for their mental, social, physical well-being. So even if it is, you know, connecting with a therapist through a screen, it's something. Yeah, we're actually trying to roll out a completely new program um, in elder care that is uh, based around connecting families through the telehealth service. So using it like a group, um, like your early childhood groups or whatever, where you can have like the, the adult or the person who's living in a facility then connecting with their adult children, whether they live in the same state or a different state as well as like great grandchildren like to, so the, so that's what we're trying to roll out. Hopefully next week will be, we have a couple families already ready to want to do it that are like trying to connect like their parents and their parents, like sibling who's in a different state just to like do music together with us. And then we're just then offering them the, the meeting place, um, that they can continue using after like, we'll step out after that allotted time, but then they can continue with the, the meet if they want to. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of rolling out this new, uh, elder care idea right now, which That's I think amazing. is really cool. I think it's really oh, cool. So I, I love hoping, that. Hoping. I love that so much. You'll have to keep me posted on how that goes. Are you, I will, I will. are you reaching out to your existing families? Um, or are you kind of opening it up, it up, um, to your broader community or online? Or kind of, working? Kind of all of the above. So we're starting with um, people we know, and then um, we're starting with some of the smaller facilities that we have had, like a once a month music group in here and there um, that we know are a little bit uh, more connected with their residents because they're smaller, and then just kind of going from there and and trying to kind of push and advocate and get that information into you know, activities directors' hands, um, family members' hands. So just trying to see. We've been running um, groups in a similar fashion uh, for our special needs community here that, that has, they have this um, day program that they use. And we've been doing music therapy groups with them twice a month um, for about a year and a half. And so we moved that entirely to online and are doing it every week now. And it's fun because we're connecting with all these adults with special needs that are all over our town, but then also they've had people that have moved. So we have like some that are joining us from Florida, some that are joining us. So like they're, that reach is getting bigger and we're now running that one. I run that one every week and we've had up to like 25 
people all in it and they're all adults with special needs. And I have to, you know, tell them to mute and, (laughs) or not mute. We have, we have communal singing that is pretty crazy. Um, but they are absolutely loving it right now. So we're trying to figure out how to kind of push that group idea, um, further and kind of get more creative with it because I do honestly think we've got like, (laughs) I'm going to say a year, I'm going to say a year to 18 months that we're going to be like dealing with the need for the teleservices because we can't access places. Mm -hmm. Um, and if we're going to survive, it's kind of like we have to adapt and get creative and push forward. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely doing that. And I think you've been a big role model to the, the greater music therapy community that's not as tech savvy and is kind of looking for inspiration and looking for those success stories. So that's awesome. Do you have any tips for other parents who are kind of struggling or, you know, figuring out how to do all of this work and do all of the things that you're doing on the professional side, but then also, you know, you want to do your best to provide your kids with, with quality time and keep them busy and happy. I think my biggest piece of advice is, um, come up with a schedule that works for you and your family. And if that schedule is, really, really strict and like is based on the the day of the week and the hour and in like morning, afternoon, whatever evening, or if it's really lax, you know, my husband and I were just talking last night about how we are falling into a schedule. It is not perfect, but we know that I'm generally home and he's home on Monday, Tuesdays. We, we have what we do is our homeschool ish stuff. And the kids know that they go outside at a certain time of day and they know that they can do technology at a certain time of day, Wednesdays, rinse, repeat, but we have survivor night that we all together look forward to survivor night. And that is in our schedule Thursdays. I always go to work, but the kids participate in my music class from home. And, um, then, then Fridays we do an online, I actually host uh, an art class with a bunch of our like friends that if they want to join, they can, I send them what we're going to create every Friday morning and what supplies they need to have together. And then we just all sit in our spaces and have each other to like kind of show artwork to, and then we have our weekend and and it's not perfect and it's not super detailed, but we have a schedule and I know when I go to work, I know when my husband needs to work and, um, just to give yourself grace to, to know that if you have a day that you can't do it, that it's okay to like, don't, don't push. Yeah. I think that is excellent advice. And I've found that the more I kind of stick to consistency and try to have a, a routine of sorts, the the happier and the more sane we all are. Yes. I think my, my tip to add to this would be finding some time for yourself where you can move your body. And that to me has been my saving grace. Every day I, I've been doing, um, I guess for about three or four months now, I do a monthly challenge that one of my high school friends um, runs through Facebook. So she has a Facebook group where you put $25 into a pot and then um, for 30 days, you have to post proof that you've done some sort of exercise or moving. So you post a selfie and um, a screenshot of like your Apple watch or your activity, your Fitbit, whatever. Um, And that has kept me so accountable and it has kept me wanting to, I think once you get into the habit of exercising in any way, shape or form, and that could just be a walk with your kids, or, um, I've been riding my bike as the weather has gotten nicer. Um, but whatever it is, just finding some time where you can do that for yourself. I think that just clearing your head, getting off of the computer, getting away from the technology. And if you can (laughs) getting some time away from your kids too, because that also (laughs) helps. Um, I love my kids, but we are together for like 12 straight hours a day. So, um, (laughs) so having, having just that time where I can, whether it's going down and walking on the treadmill or getting on my bike and just clearing my head has been such a game changer. And so if you can do that for yourself, then I think that is really, really beneficial in so many ways. 
Yes, 100%. We love our walks over mm-hmm. at our house. I, I wish that I had more incentive to move. And I'm, I keep telling my husband, I'm like, I just need a little bit longer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still mentally adjusting to things before I'm like, and then I want to, you know, make sure that we're doing a couple extra things that we usually were doing. But, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just a little harder now. And also, I don't know about you, but just the snacking, I mean, both my kids and me, and it's just harder to control these days. So <laughs> I feel like I'm I got to do a little extra. We're a firm, like we have one scheduled snack oh. for my children oh. and they, they, now that <laughs> I say this, my parents will never listen, but like my, my grandparents and stuff and the babysitters, they're like snackers. And then we'd fight for dinner and we'd fight for, you know, and now we're like, Oh, listen, when they have their one scheduled snack that they know they're getting, um, that's nothing huge. They just have this one snack in the afternoon. They are like killing all of their meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So I'm sticking with the one snack. Wow. Kudos <laughs> know to that, you. <laughs> I know that that's not the common thing. That is not the common thing. But man, they are killing dinner. They are eating everything. Even my one that never likes to touch a vegetable is eating asparagus right now. Holy moly. So. That is that is very, very impressive. I don't know if I can get to that level, but uh, you have given me incentive. So we'll, we'll it's, see. It's like breaking a habit that's, you know, pretty hard, but we were, you know, going into this, we're home. And so it's just now what we do. That's great. Well, and I've also seen some of my friends have been doing like those bins where they set like a granola uh, bar and orange, you know, some goldfish, a few different things in that bin. And once it's gone, it's gone. And I still haven't tried right. that yet, but that's, that's also another idea. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely smart. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Well, I think we might need to have another um, podcast at yeah. some point in time to kind of just update each other and everyone else on how things are going with running our businesses and motherhood and surviving a global pandemic. Yes. Yes, definitely. Connecting like this felt really good today. Yeah, it did. Thank you for the idea and for making the time. Of course. Of course. 